0: spring break spring
1: break spring break (laughs) hello and welcome to i
2: tried i'm editing and i'm keeping that in alex (laughs) i am um i am
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Anna Perniverse. I am your mildly congested host, Alex, and joining me <laughs> as always is Billy.
2: Hello. We forced him to be here today, despite uh, his congestion.
1: Didn't even get the day off. Can't believe it.
2: Did not get the day off. I'm one of those Tory bosses that <laughs> makes you come in.
1: <laughs> I'm here. My nose is a blocked. Um, And we're ready to talk about the next film in the Annapurnaverse. Joining us today to do that is one of the hosts of the A24 Project, Dallas. Hello.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me. And excellent alien impression at the beginning. Spring break forever (laughs) and ever (laughs) and ever.
2: Oh, dear. We're just ascending to madness the same (sighs) way.
1: Yep, Basically something like that anyway. Uh, so Dallas uh, if people haven't already guessed what film we're talking about today um I'll, you know by the title of the podcast that they'll see before they click on it anyway but th- but there you go um Dallas what film have you picked and why why did you pick it
0: well i picked spring breakers because it was the one of two options for the a24 project and the Annapurnaverse 2 coexist and meld into one and yeah it's it's an interesting one in that I think it's safe to say this was your first viewing of it so I'm keen to hear what you have to say about it because I had one opinion on the film when I saw it on release in 2013, and it's safe to say that on my on a rewatch, uh, my opinion may have changed slightly as well. <laughs> so, uh, uh-huh. uh, so I think that's it's, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. Is it for the better? Is it for worse? I guess we'll have to find. We'll out. Find out. <laughs> we'll hey, find
1: out. Doing teases for the for the rest of the podcast. Stay tuned, everybody. Um, for that. Uh, so Dallas, when was the first time you watched Spring Breaks? I assume back when it released.
0: Yeah, I think it was released in the UK in 2013. I think it was April 2013. Uh, it been I think uh, as we discussed just before we, we came on air uh, quite bizarrely nominated for the Golden Lion at Venice. So I mean this this podcast is going to drop <laughs> during the Venice chaos. Film Festival. So <laughs> I guess there's a nice synergy there. Um, oh, true. And yeah, I went to to see it. I think I wasn't aware that it was A24 at that point. I mean, I, even though I've been hosting the A24 project for a couple of years now, and we're pretty much bang up to date now. Um, I only really sort of was aware of them as a distributor, I think, around about 2018, uh, around the sort of hereditary first reformed sort of summertime. And obviously, A24, an American distribution company, when it get films come to the UK, it's, you know, uh, up for grabs of whoever wants to pick up the rights and stuff like that. But... Um, I mean, I I remember it did have surprisingly decent reviews coming out of Venice. Uh, You know, it's quite a bold piece of filmmaking. I mean, Harmony Corinne is certainly a Marmite director. I think I was at the Cannes Film Festival in 2010 and I'd watched one of his films called Trash Humpers and It was just one of the worst things I think I'd ever seen. It was like an extended, (laughs) 70-minute-long, really bad sort of... It felt like a really bad jackass sketch. It was just people wandering around in, like, the sort of old man makeup masks, humping trash. It was literally what it said on the tin. (laughs) And it was terrible. I mean, I'd heard amazing things about Gummo, a film which I've never actually seen. I really do need to to catch that, because, I mean, people do say that that is his masterpiece. But then, I guess... Between this and Trash Humpers, maybe that bar isn't set particularly high. <laughs> uh, but uh But we're already I did, getting I did into the attacks. It. Yeah, uh, but I did watch it and I didn't it was one of those films which I was I wasn't sure how I felt about it after I'd seen it. Um part of the problem potentially for me would have been that I would have been 33 when I saw it. Uh so I'd already kind of aged out of the 18 to 30s holiday bracket. Um thinking about it, my only real exposure to, to Spring Break, I think, would have been watching Friends and uh, the episodes where they're like, oh, Spring Break, whoop, whoop, and uh, <laughs> Ross sort of dancing on the in his uh, bad vest and shorts and stuff on on MTV. That was, for me, what I had in my head of, of Spring Break, and I think at that point, when I watched Spring Breakers, being 33, I was just watched certainly the first couple of minutes of it and went, Oh, this looks like the worst thing in the world—not only to watch, but also to to be at. Um, and it's an album, I think, for for UK audiences to watch initially, because I don't think we've really got anything equivalent. No one's you know, rocking up to
1: Cornwall, mean?
0: taking drugs and drinking loads of alcohol, <laughs> are they? So. No, I think I think the 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 thing which I could the only thing I could really compare it to would be like if you got to go on a holiday with your mates after you finish school. So I guess the cinematic equivalent of Spring Breakers for the UK is The Inbetweeners 2. Or oh, Marbella.
2: The <laughs> Inbetweeners 2.
0: One so of those films is, is better than the other and it's not what you think. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I had to sit and think about how I approached it and I eventually managed to find a, a lot to, to admire about it if I came at it from a certain angle. But I will save that for when we get into it. I think so. Again, I'm teasing you. Of course, course. I
1: like it. I love it. It's good.
2: It's a good like content. Billy,
1: I've been waiting to do this for so long. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Here we go. You know, we're ten episodes in now, and you know, it's it's finally time for me to go. Billy, when did when did you first watch uh, Spring Breakers?
2: I took a leaf out of the Alex Gilston playbook today and watched it this morning.
1: Nice.
2: <laughs> and Alex? I also
1: took a leaf out of my own playbook and did exactly the same thing.
2: Though I have done that before. I just don't think I
1: You said myself. Ah, okay, I see. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which other
2: Oh I think it was I think it was Oh no. I actually haven't because we ended up rescheduling, so you know. Okay. Fair enough. Well this is my first crime. Initial
1: <laughs> thoughts: What, well, what, what did we? We came out of Spring Breakers. you know, final shot, closing shot, finishes, title seat, um credits sequence. What are we thinking?
2: I was grateful <laughs> that it was over. <laughs> I was truly thankful because every five minutes or so after the first thirty minutes, I was like, "Is this finished?
1: Is this real?"
2: is this going to end right now? Because, I don't know. I know that people were already like, oh, I can't wait to hear what you actually think about it. And I was like, oh, it's not going to be that bad, surely. And, well, it was. So, Alex, how did you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> Closing shots. Closing, closing shots, thoughts. Closing
1: credits. Um, I thought, thank the Lord for Skrillex. <laughs> Um, no I think I'm in a pretty similar boat to you Billy in in the sense that uh I thought that it was a pile of garbage
2: (laughs) (laughs) that is such a bold statement yeah no this is the first time both of us have really disliked something on this podcast yeah
1: so I mean we'll obviously get into the more in-depth stuff and talk about singular moments and things like that but <clears throat> one thing after i finished the film one thing i because I, I, I was kind of reading other people's reviews and did
0: you have to take a shower to kind of cleanse it kind
1: of yeah like i <laughs> almost had to yeah um so yeah so i was reading reviews uh of it and you know when you're in high school and you're studying of mice and men in mm. in gcse english and the mm-hmm. teacher's like um, Curly's wife's dress is red because <laughs> I knew that was coming. it's, it suggests that she's sultry and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, yeah, and then, and then the you, you kind of think, no, maybe the author of Of Mice and Men just wanted to put her in a red dress. It's like the green light in The Great Gatsby as well. It's just a green light. <laughs> I feel like...
2: I have a lot to say about the green light <laughs> if you want to do that podcast. I feel we can do a spin-off episode.
1: Cuz a lot of people about Spring Breakers are going, "Oh, this is so deep. It has so many levels." But what I'm seeing is that Harmony Kareem just wanted to get a bunch of his mates together and make an MTV music video with a bunch of like naked ladies and all of that kind of stuff. That that is really as far as I got with it. Yeah,
2: I think I'm pretty consensual on that feeling. It's like I started at the beginning, I was trying to like be like, oh well surely there's some kind of layer in here about white privilege and stuff like that. But I think I gave up after yeah about the first 30 minutes. I was like, I'm just gonna accept this for what it is. I'm just gonna be seeing nips every five minutes and I just have to accept
1: it. (laughs) That is basically exactly what it was though. And I just yeah I think I checked out pretty much um well actually I personally checked out when Selena Gomez um decided to do one. Um because yeah, i probably <laughs> the smartest 50... movie
0: the smartest character in the movie. Yeah, literally <laughs> the
1: smartest character in the movie. I mean When uh,
0: yeah, when she sort of goes um you know, I don't know, I don't understand what's going on. This guy's just turned up and we're doing all this stuff. I don't like it. I'm just going to leave. Selena and like, Gomez what? is all
2: of us. Like, <laughs> like yes, <laughs> you ought have just left.
1: I just feel like, she, for me, she was probably one of the only redeeming factors of this film, like her performance and, I mean, her ca- quote unquote character. Um, and then when Sheila, it just descended into pure, utter neon dripped madness. And I just, yeah, I I was just s- staring at the screen, just like, what what's going on? Uh, so, Dallas, you said you watched it recently and you changed your opinion of it. So, what what was your opinion originally, and what has it changed to? What What's the consensus now?
0: Well, I looked back at my original review, uh, and I'd actually given it four stars. <laughs> um well (laughs) well, i I will i will explain why yes um, i'm I'm intrigued yeah i mean the the first sort of half hour is pretty much disney girls gone wild music video style stuff and but there was one particular line in it where i think one of the characters says you know i think it's when they're about to go rob a, a diner in order to get money to fund their spring break and she says you just have to treat it like a video game and for me, it was so particularly the, the sort of end sequence where they they do a raid on, on Archery's villain, stuff like that. It felt like Harmony Corinne was, he wasn't making a movie about Spring Break. He was making a movie sort of what people think Spring Break is. That's why at the beginning you've got the very sort of glossy, um, Sort of digital shots of the people on the beach, you know, getting up to what everyone thinks spring break is. But then, it sort of looks like it's sort of shot, maybe sort of thirty-five mil or something. As it sort of progresses, it gets a bit more dirtier and grimmer. When you realise, you know, spring break is not what everyone thinks it is. It's you know, the bad stuff happens, and you know, people are preyed upon and stuff like that. And mm. so, essentially, what I thought Farley Corin at the time was doing was making essentially a Grand Theft Auto spring break and you know you had these sort of characters coming in as the characters progress further into the game and then you know you hang out with aliens crew and then you get put on missions about robbing people to get more money and then you do this big mission at the end where it's even got sort of the sort of camera almost sort of raises up into these sort of third sort of person perspectives and stuff like that and so that's what I thought at the time it was like okay maybe he's you know he's actually trying to make you know a, a clever statement on you know a video game version of what people think imagine spring break would be, mm. um, but then watching it back now it is a bit more. You can definitely see that it is kind of like it is what it is, and yeah, there's there's not much to, it. and and obviously a lot of it is down to what at the time was a praised performance by James Franco, but given everything that's come out. In the last couple of years about him uh, it is an incredibly awkward performance mm. to watch so um i mean i guess we do have to address that fact i mean it was it was a good performance you know at the time you know he's got some uh amazing scene stealing moments but yeah watching back on it now it is just incredibly awkward especially when you've got something like uh, like your previous film, Hustlers, um, and even Zola, which is another film set in Florida. Mm, that's true. Uh, which looks at the sort of women being forced into, you know, things that they don't want to do uh, by being manipulated by men. But that was written and directed by a woman. And you just if you watch the two back-to-back, back, they are leagues apart in the representation. Because, um, like you say, you know, character-wise, there's what Selena Gomez is faith you know, oh, she's a religious one, Faith, that's, that's clever, it must have taken a like, while. I didn't even try know, with yeah. the names, to be honest. And then it's like, oh, Candy, oh, because she's, what, the sweet one, and then it's like, and the, the more disturbing one is the fact that well, his wife plays <laughs> uh, one of them, uh, Cotty, the one that gets shot in the arm at one point, so it's like, mm-hmm. he's even dragged his wife into this, and it's like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs>
2: oh, so, gosh. Yeah.
0: So yeah, uh, my opinion sadly has, has gone down in it since, uh, in, in the eight years since I had previously seen it, I think. So.
2: Mm, I was definitely trying to give it its graces at the beginning. I was like, oh, okay. I kind of like the aesthetic. At, I mean, at the beginning I did after after a while. I, th- I feel like he gave up on the aesthetic almost. <laughs> he like, with the nice like opening shots of the college and the thing and like the lighting and that. I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of nice. And they were, like, having a lesson on, um, on Emmett Till in college. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is going to be about white privilege and how, like, we are given certain graces that black people aren't when it comes to, like, um, the law. But then, like, how I remember when I knew that it wasn't doing that was when the police showed up. And I was like, finally, someone has come to stop these girls (laughs) because I didn't like a single one of them. And I was like, if a film has made me (laughs) pro-police, then there's some things to be said about what it's doing. (laughs) I was like, what? It was just like an emotional reaction straight away. I was like, hold on a second. I really need to check in with myself. And that is when I started to check out of the film. Of like I was definitely looking for those underlying meanings and I was looking for something to hold on to because like, I feel like he probably did have the intention when he was writing things. He was like, it's going to be this and it's going to be that, but if you don't deliver on those things, then all you've got is just empty emptiness.
0: Yeah, I think uh, looking at IMDb, or, or I think it was a Wikipedia page, it started off as an idea... Like a he wanted to do it like a he was thinking of like a mood piece about spring break and and the plot in, in Inverted Commas came later and <laughs> I think that's quite obvious. <laughs> but yeah, I think you know what you say about like the, none of the, the characters really apart from like Selena Gomez are particularly likable or of much depth to them. So it's it's difficult to become invested in their journey when you just like you should just leave, just get on the bus and leave. <laughs> but yeah.
2: Yeah, he was clearly making like a very, I don't know, like an overt statement because with the religion, I feel like at the beginning, he did have a direction and then it just didn't become what it was. And he, it, he just decided to go along with like the madness because I know quite early on, there's like the preacher and there's the parallels between the preacher and, and James Franco's character. And like the verse that he's reading is 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which is about temptation and about how god doesn't give you more temptation than you can handle and like so for faith she's leaving at the the point when she's had the most temptation she can possibly have but like that would work if all the girls left at some point but the fact that you end up with two at the end it's like where would these messages go (laughs) That, (laughs) that just
1: goes back to exactly what i was saying before where like yeah maybe he tried to make it deep to give it layers to kind of have a, an underlying message but it just gets completely lost in the in it trying to have some weird kind of gravitas and like it it's almost like a aesthetic is favored um in the way of of actually giving us something meaningful
2: Yeah, I would be interested to know the director's religious leanings and what he was trying to do with like literally what Dallas is saying about calling her faith and actually just not even trying (laughs) to like they could have just each been named after a sin and like that would have been a better film he could have made seven the movie (laughs) and instead he gave us this I just I don't think I've actively disliked a film that we've covered here but I I think after about yeah, I I keep I don't know what happened at the thirty minute mark that made me. I think it's when they, no, it was after the bank. That was like fifteen minutes after the bank because I think the robbery happens about fifteen minutes in. It's probably when they leave for spring break, and all it is after that is just montages of exactly what you'd expect, like Dallas said about what you anticipate spring break to look like.
1: Yeah, I, it's an interesting as well because I felt like there were big like five minute chunks here and there where i could have just looked down at my phone and not paid attention and mm-hmm. looked back up and, and like nothing it would, would be have the happened. same thing exactly exactly literally. the same thing and I, i'm not i'm not into a film like that at all like give me give me something give me anything
2: literally i'm starving on anything <laughs>
1: Give me anything that anything of substance, anything that matters. But no, we're just gonna get James Franco deep throating two guns.
0: <laughs> Not this again. <laughs> Improvised in the moment, apparently. Improvised. Oh in my the god. Moment. Well, that makes it even worse. Of course it work. was.
1: Oh,
2: <laughs> of course it was. But that is something that I was like every single time. I thought something was happening. I was like, oh, they're like gonna reclaim their power because they're gonna kill him now and. And then they just, like, end up having a threesome.
1: Yeah, and they don't even kill him (laughs) in the end, either. He just gets shot by a random dude.
2: Literally, it's the most unsatisfying... Is there that, Dallas, maybe you know, because I feel like you're a bit more well-versed in research, that, like, do you know what his intentions were other than the aesthetic of spring break or... Think, Are there like hidden was, meanings that he's spoken about?
0: I, I don't think there was much, to be, to be honest.
2: <laughs> I was giving him grace once yeah, again, just no, to be like, it was
0: very much. I think what you you see is what you get, and I think he tried to call it a uh, beach noir. I think he was trying to create <laughs> <No. it> genre.
1: <laughs> well, put it this way: on the poster for the film, it says "Spring Breakers," and then the the subtext is good girls gone bad i feel like that says everything that needs to be said about this film yeah. and where it goes completely wrong and out of the way of anything i mean you know we keep comparing it to hustlers because that's i suppose the easiest the better the, version the easiest thing to compare it to and then like you said yeah the better way because hustlers is about women reclaiming their own power and uh driving their own narrative but the women in this film have no... I mean, whenever they are being independent, they're committing a crime. Um, mm. And when they're not, you know, they're they're, they're subject to, to the men of the movie and especially, obviously, James Franco's character.
2: Do you know what it gave me, though? It gave me GCSE drama vibes when they're like, right, everyone do a thought tunnel with the, like, repeated dialogue. I was like, Why? Is this tw- 2007 and I'm in a drama class? <laughs> With, like, the... Oh, what were all of, like, the weird... Because I know at the end they were doing a forward thing, so they were, like... They brought forward the... When they're calling their parents and stuff. Uh, that happened... Do you know th- what I mean? That
1: happened more than once during the movie. I feel like... Yeah. He showed us the outcome of these situations more often than not before the situations actually happened and it mm. made this weird like kind of go to the end, come back to the beginning and then see the end again loop it felt did did it not feel to you guys like it was maybe you know a, a handful of short films all just like kind of smashed yeah, together yeah I
2: was thinking it would work better as a short film
1: yeah, I I think it would as well personally.
2: Yeah, I
0: think I think there's yeah, like you say, there's moments like almost like sort of sketches, like individual moments. Like I think the the two moments which obviously stand out probably the most are the uh, the look at my shh moment where he's like basically parodying any sort of. White person who thinks that they're black and have any sort of connection to guns or drugs and stuff like that. With this Calvin Klein, he mixes his Calvin Kleins. I mean, oh god, whoever thought of that idea, amazing. He's got his pants. He watches Scarface on repeat. I mean, he's he's like <laughs> a complete cliche. And then there's the um, definitely still one of the best musical moments from an A24 film with the um I mean did you guys expect him to start playing every time by Britney Spears when he did no (laughs) that was when
2: I had truly just given up because I was like oh we're really doing this aren't we we're really supposed to just watch them dance in these like ski masks on the pier and like I just don't understand I just don't I want to know I want to be inside of his brain to understand like when he was making these directorial decisions and he was like, yeah, we need the budget for, like, a big grand piano. We're going to put it out on the beach and we're all going to, like, dance. Like, what were the vibes on set? Like, was no one like, maybe we should not do <laughs> I'm so disturbed by it. And why was Britney from Glee there?
1: She was just there for one line. One line or but two lines. I
2: feel like it was, like, deliberate casting choices to be, like, we got the Disney girls, we got the Glee girls. We're making some choices about their, like ethics and how disney i just it was too much too many like symbols that never meant anything
1: i think maybe they were kind of trying to do um what promising young woman did successfully i mean that promising young woman is a a whole other conversation but it, it can't be argued that the casting of people like Bo Burnham and Christopher Mintz-Plasse and um, and all that kind of stuff, who were kind of playing against, well, you know the the people who you think are the nice guys, um, mm. and then that kind of stuff. I feel like that's what this film was trying to do, but it didn't do it at, like well at all, or it was just done for no reason, maybe.
2: Mm. Well, these their bre- it was like their breakout roles, wasn't it? it? Was like the first kind of big thing that they all did after.
1: I saw someone say on Letterboxd, um, this wasn't the, this wasn't what I was expecting from High School Musical 4.
0: High School Musical for Spring Break, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, it was Vanessa Hudgens, definitely sort of her sort of first, I think, c- clear departure from uh, the, sort of the Disneyverse, and then Selena Gomez as well, I think, and apparently Vanessa Hudgens um, disliked the filming of the pool scene uh, so much that she's apparently refused to ever do another intimate scene on camera again so um,
2: oh my gosh I don't blame her I was wondering if there was an intimacy coordinator on that set because
0: probably not
2: (laughs) I was just so appalled like as a woman just watching that and I was like I've been on sets like that I've been on a set where there was like a very prominent recently called out male director who did the exact same thing on the on the day went out to the extras room and was like "Who wants to get naked and it was like basically I could see that this was the same thing happening again it just made me completely like cringe into myself because like I don't even know how old those girls were if they were even of age there was no like no one was doing anything on that set to protect women and when you're making a film about women yep you just think come on yeah, and and he and he knew he was that so he was clearly trying to make some kind of female empowerment thing, even if he didn't.
0: Yeah, no, I think clearly, clearly there there was there must have been it's, it's some sort of attempt at it. I mean, the the women sort of you know they make the choices they decide to to rob stuff in order to to get down there. They are the instigators of it but I think the the problem is is that I think he he gives away too much of their power to James Franco's character which I mean I guess is potentially what could happen in real life you know I mean people sort of uh, going on holidays and then following him with the wrong crowd and then ending up in a situation that's against them but they do seem to show I mean like you say the scene with the guns they did have mm-hmm. an out there they could have easily just you know taken them out if that's what they wanted to but for some mm-hmm. reason they don't and it you never really feel like it was the right choice going forward. It's just like, and then yeah, for the the ending feels very sort of cheap and like, well, well, what happens now? I mean, what what do they get out of it? You know, there's no clear resolution to what's going to happen to them afterwards. I mean, sometimes of course ambiguity ending is good, but you know here, yeah, it just it doesn't really lead anywhere
2: exactly there's ambiguous and then there's just like
0: <laughs> they're just going okay can't be
1: bothered writing ending for any of these characters <laughs> I mean, exactly. so just here, here you go <laughs>
2: this is everyone this dies what you're
1: this is what you're getting
2: half of them go home half of them die and the other two just we don't even know
1: well, it's like maybe bonnie and Clyde off a cliff maybe i don't know that could <laughs> happen it could but you know we'll never know never know
2: Though, isn't there there's I went onto the Wikipedia page because afterwards I was like, I've gotta read the plot because I have missed something. Uh. I did not miss anything. Um there's an undated sequel. Oh. Who was commissioning the undate someone saw that and was like, Yep, more of that. We need more of that.
0: Yeah, I remember that that rumor, and yeah, I was reading the Wikipedia page earlier and I was like, oh yeah, that was that was actually like a thing at one point. It was gonna be um Jonas Ackerland was gonna direct it and it was gonna be written by Irvin Welsh. <laughs> and it's just like, what? <laughs> but yeah, it's like, where do you go with that? I mean, just you just have no idea because I mean it would would it follow the same characters or would it just follow a different group of people on Spring Break? But no. I mean you I was you, just who, reading it. You might want to to know what the director of Madonna's Ray of Light video would have Made of a, a Spring Break <laughs> movie. It yeah. said,
2: a sequel under the name of Spring Breakers The Second Coming was announced on May the 6th, 2014. The storyline will have connections with the previous film. It will include a new cast. This gives me no information. Wait, hold on. Is it... <laughs> it will focus on a set of Spring Breakers coming into conflict with Christian extremists. <laughs> so he really does have some things to say about religion and just cannot seem to say what he wants to say.
1: Uh, no, because literally the one religious person in the film leaves the film halfway through
2: well yeah but that's about her like that make her story actually makes sense because she goes to her like preacher club and how does she end up friends with these other girls i don't know but like she goes to this preacher club he's like don't you know be scared about temptation because god's gonna like stop that and if it's too much for you, you'll be able to leave and she leaves and that makes sense but it's like exactly what Dallas was saying about there's so many different protagonists. It's like halfway through, we give the film over to James Franco and we spent half of the film not with him because it literally is about like how long into the film? It must be at least 45 minutes yeah. before he makes an appearance. I have no idea what like they were trying to, like who was the protagonist to start with?
0: Yeah, I think the, the problem is, is it, it, it it doesn't become their film afterwards because you've got James Franco's rivalry with another mm-hmm. gang, you know, uh, gang member, whatever. So, yeah, they just become secondary characters. I mean, mm. you, it, switching protagonists can work. I'm trying mm. to think of an example other than Psycho, which does Waves. it brilliantly. Waves. Yes. Waves um, is a very good example um, of that. An yeah. ball, which, and you, those both have, like, moments where Psycho particularly has a moment where you actually become emotionally invested in the new character succeeding in what they're doing and yeah Waves is another great example of a film which you don't think it should work given the sort of narrative but it completely does Mm -hmm. because it's sort of following one person how one person in the first half decision affects you know this other person in the second half but this one yeah it just they never really get any sort of real em- impetus in- until the end, and then it's just for a couple of seconds where you're sitting there watching going, really? They're not even like, you know, they just go in wearing bikinis and a balaclava and manage to take down, what, about 30 guys? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the moment where I thought this feels like a video game because, you know, surely they would have been shot or something. Well, and, and, and that's at least thing. get, you know, I'm sure, did James Franco's Alien not have any sort of, body armor or kevlar that they could have worn you know but... yeah
1: um and that's like cuz he he gets shot like within the first 10 <laughs> seconds of that <laughs> sequence <laughs> with, um in the head <laughs> and somehow they do not get hit by the next 12 guys that they come across so yeah so i think you're right when you say that it's kind of video game like cuz um or maybe that's what he was going for Uh, I assume so because he
2: sets that up in the beginning but then it's also like this isn't a video game is it? This Mm. is completely different media so like please (laughs) give me something to hold on to. I just I've got a note here that's like I'm 50 minutes deep and I have no idea what I'm supposed to be anticipating and I just thought that really like resonated with what Dallas was saying about like we weren't leading to anywhere at any point throughout the whole film and with the switching of narrators like you're not passing it off because they're not connected in any way. It's just weird. Um,
1: uh, going back to what Dallas said about them, you know, literally in that final sequence, just being in bikinis. And it, it's a, a running theme throughout the entire film.
2: When they go to court. Like, bikini- I'm
1: sorry. Right. They're getting arrested, aren't they? And they're getting arrested <laughs> in their bikinis. And look, I know we're not meant to have a lot of faith in the police, but surely they should have let them put like a T-shirt on or something. Like, do you
2: know what I mean? And then they go to court. Yeah. And it's like, why has no one put these girls in like dresses? Like, why exactly. are they in a courtroom completely like half naked?
0: Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I don't know, I guess it was, it's maybe meant for a comedic effect because I think mean, the judge sort of goes, I think the scene starts with the judge and he's like, Spring Breakers, right? And it just cuts to them just still in their bikinis. And it's like, well, obviously, but I mean, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's but like... the film is called Spring Breakers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even about the spring breakers it's about this weird guy because i love that i love that in the imdb synopsis it's like four college girls hold up a restaurant in order to fund their spring break spring break vacation while partying drinking and taking drugs they are arrested only to be bailed out by a drug and arms dealer but in another version of that (laughs) he's called weird dude (laughs) weird dude So like a weird dude comes and like and I'm like, someone really watched this film and was trying desperately to write a synopsis. So, <laughs> it was like, the weird dude shows happen.
1: So I feel like we've, uh, we've got I, to I talk a little bit more about James Franco playing the dictionary definition of cultural appropriation. Um, <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> I just... I, I, yeah, like Dallas, you were saying before, you know what we know now makes viewing this film a lot more uncomfortable um and uh, although it's just a really strange performance and and like and with the knowledge that we have now is it maybe prevalent to believe that it wasn't completely a performance and yeah that's
0: Mm, that's Maybe a strange thing to thing
1: but um but yeah i I must say though that scene where he's um where you know they're in the bedroom and he's got all of his weapons on you know the back of his where the where his backboard is of his bed on his wall, and the mm. first thing he shows them are his short collection. <laughs> <laughs> he's like look at my shorts look at my um look at my dark tanning oil look at me being being racist by doing this you know making sure oh that Oh my gosh. um and then what was, oh yeah and then his calvin like is calvin klein stuff and then he's like now look at my weapons Mm-mm-mm. so surely you'd go to the so weapons bizarre. first
2: <laughs> well i'm interested to know more about what dallas was saying about how there was like some kind of campaign for him Yeah. Who was campaigning that performance and why do we keep calling it a good performance when it was just strange?
0: Um... Well, to be fair, I mean, the, the person who did win that year at the Oscars was Jared Leto for the Dallas Bars. Oh, so, I mean, fuck's sake! So, <laughs> so, 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 yeah, the, the bar was potentially slightly lower that year than, than 2013 others. 2013 um,
2: was a parody of itself.
0: But he, he did win can't uh, say the that National that's Society of Film game, Critics <laughs> Award. He, he won the yeah, won National Society of Film Critics Award for Best Supporting Actor.
1: Wait, so he actually uh, won
0: awards for this performance? He did win, my... he did win a couple years yes, for Best yeah. Supporting that's Actor. Really well. Um. And yeah, the A24 yeah they had a video, a YouTube video, uh, which was basically James Franco consider this, shh. uh and yeah it was basically using the theme of look at my to to say hey look at my performance and stuff like that. And apparently, A24 have at one point claimed that the campaign was serious, but I'm not sure if it was. Um, certainly wasn't was as successful as a, the Moonlight wasn't campaign. It? So <laughs> this was their third film. Ah, uh, third. So film. yeah, uh, it was the first one to sort of really sort of break out. They had um, Roman Coppola's uh, A Glimpse into the Mind of Charles One the Third, and then Ginger and Rosa, uh, uh, and then it was Spring yes. Breakers, and it was a hit. It made about well thirty million dollars, but it only had a budget of five million. If you can believe that they spent five million on it, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I, I, I don't know, I believe I'd heard a rumour that Spring Breakers was their second choice. I think they were really they were going for Francis Ha but they missed out on Francis oh, yes. Ha so they went for Spring yeah. Breakers instead. So A24 could have world. been completely different if uh, oh, they God. managed to get their first picks.
2: Imagine that world where Greta Gerwig actually won an Oscar for that performance. <laughs> anyway, that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah, I can't wrap my head around Anyone, especially like A twenty four when they were an entirely kind of new and up and coming studio, really kind of putting their hat in the ring with that, and then like, and if, like completely risking, and that just being the
1: sole thing that they put forward as well. Well, it would
2: have been a new a new thing for Anna Penner as well because if it's a twenty thirteen, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty early on. It would have been early in that di- both of them kind of being very risqué in their decisions to push this. But I guess if it's, at Ven- like if it's at Venice, you know, the industry loves that. So they were probably just affirmed by what they were being told by the industry is like, this is good, good content. I'm so baffled by it. There's so much <laughs> to say. Like I-, I told Alex before we started recording that this is the most amount of notes I've ever written. <laughs> For any of our episodes,
0: Uh, well, in in a way, that's good, isn't it? You know, you you know, the 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 best reviews are the the ones where you really like a film or you really hate it. There's nothing worse than a film where you're just like, eh, that was three stars. Yeah, Yeah, you you always want like a film. I mean, it's set out to provoke a reaction, and clearly it did. So it did its job on one level, I (laughs) guess.
2: It's true. He got to me. He really did. Maybe he was just out to piss off some women. He did his
0: job. I've also just read that apparently he never actually experienced Spring Break himself. He apparently spent all those summers, or or, or I think it's actually, I think it's like the Easter Break or whatever. uh, Skateboarding. The plot of Joker. Yeah.
1: (laughs) 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 Watching Spring Breakers was my
0: origin story. (laughs) Joker (laughs) origin story.
1: Billy is. It's gonna go on a talk show now.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna get Alex is usually you're, the one getting you're us cancelled. It's you're sitting it's there laughing.
0: Four sweet. girls go on spring break and get involved with an alien and you're laughing.
1: That is another thing that genuinely truly baffles me about this film is and especially James Franco's character is the fact that it's established that he thinks that he's an alien. From another world, and just <laughs> that is just thrown out there, and nobody really acknowledges it. He just kind of says on a few separate occasions, like, "Yeah, I'm I'm an alien from like another planet." But then he also talks about how he went, how he got kicked out of school. So it's like, when did they drop you <laughs> off then? Huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: when did they drop you off?
0: <laughs> drop him off for nursery. and We're going to come back uh, when he graduates, but clearly he never graduated. So.
2: I'm yeah. so sorry, Dallas. You've absolutely this is the most like chaotic we have ever reacted <laughs> <laughs> to any it's, film. It's in and keeping with the film. It's in keeping it. with the film. Yeah,
1: that's true.
2: Maybe he did do. Maybe this is what he wanted. Yeah, and we're I mean, actually laughing at it, but he's he's yeah. He's,
1: yeah. Could be by, by, by the
0: end of the Anapurna What will be your most memorable film? It could end <laughs> being
2: <laughs> <spring>. <laughs> up being no. Spring Breakers. <laughs> we said if Bill Street could talk. I don't think so.
1: Yeah, sorry Barry Jenkins, I've got a new favourite director. Sorry Barry
2: Jenkins. <laughs> sorry you absolute wonder of a director, masterpiece making person. <laughs> We've got Harmony Korine.
1: One thing I do want to say though, um, one thing that did make me giggle a little bit and also kind of go, all right, I'll let you off, was uh, the point where they go to the, they go to the shop to buy some alcohol. And it's just put, mm-hmm. there's like a little, little sequence where it goes from them sitting outside, drinking the alcohol and sort of just chatting and then going to absolute dead silence. Then they start singing Britney Spears and then they just kind of start wandering about. And I genuinely believe that 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 is the most relatable thing I've, I've seen about this movie, because my friendship group would do that to a T. Can you feel seen? Feel
0: seen. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't ever, you know, sung Britney Spears, Hit Me Baby One More Time and then failed to reach the high notes? <laughs>
2: <laughs> See, something about this film is like we can laugh at it and stuff, but it actually does really annoy me because I think of like the film that could have been made with this money
1: so, so what... and
2: how it could have gone somewhere yeah. else.
1: Well, you know what I think baffles me the most is that there's only a six year gap between this film and Hustlers. And you know, uh, so much has changed. Well, yeah, no, that's what I said. That's what's so so baffling. Yeah, like, yeah, it's just mad. How I
0: don't think that this film would have been made.
1: Not, no, God, no. (laughs) Or at least, if it, if if a film like this was greenlit in this day, day, like I say, in this day and age, like 2013 was an era ago, but it wasn't. (laughs) um, Yeah, it would, you know, it have a female director attached to it. You know, like you said about having like an intimacy coordinator and you know everything like all above board and and properly done and it would probably be a good movie
2: (laughs) yeah I'm sure that that is like something to be said inside of there about the culture of because I was looking at it as like a horror film I was like this is grotesque like if this is what it really looks like and what it's like on the inside then like yeah you really do have something to say about it somewhere I'm sure but this is not this is not that dialogue and it is so crazy you're so right about like just in this short span of time how much has changed and just how i don't think this movie even could get made now really not exactly not the in same, the same no.
0: no no especially like with other like uh, anna perna films like book smart is another example of you know showing young women going out drinking driving around having a good time but done well really well Uh, and not having to resort to just horrible cliches and underwritten characters and just yeah i mean for a man who never went spring break i think it's probably quite obvious that it's his version of what he thought spring break was but having no first-hand experience he's just kind of basically um Sort of double down on all the cliches that you think of when you come to spring break, and I mean, I've haven't watched it. I mean, I certainly, I'm glad I never went on a spring break. It sounds like yeah. it sounds like the worst week of my life.
2: Exactly.
0: <laughs> what he did was he anticipated what
1: Twenty Two Jump Street was gonna be like in the year twenty fourteen, <laughs> um, and so I'm gonna make my spring break like that spring break.
2: Oh my gosh! Or oh, that 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 influence was spring breakers so, they were like we're gonna make that movie but way different i think there's so much to be said about the fact that this was his last feature film uh, <laughs> He has not made a feature film since
1: has he really not i didn't I he's not
2: made it he has not made a feature film since it's like all like fashion movies i was just i'm gonna double check because i was looking through and i was like no one has commissioned this man since i'm so sure of it maybe
1: it's it's for the best
2: Oh, wait, he might have done. He made The Beach Bum in 2019, which was an hour and 35 minutes, and the poster looks... Oh, here's here's the um, synopsis. A rebellious stoner named Moondog lives life by his own rules.
1: Wow. Oh, wait,
2: so... It's got Matthew McConaughey and Snoop Dogg. It went to South by Southwest in 2019.
0: Uh, It made. he played at the Prince Charles for a couple of shows.
2: Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh god! It went
0: just short of its budget as
1: well. The budget is another five million dollar film for Mr. Harmony Kane.
0: Um, and it... so four million to Matthew McConaughey, and then one million for everything else. Zach
2: Efron is not it. <laughs> Jonah oh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the budget. What?
1: What's? What's? What is Harmony Kane doing? Going right. So if I'm going to continue to make feature films, I just want to make sure that I've made a film with everybody who was in High School Musical.
2: Yeah, he's just trying to complete the. So next is next
1: Next is Ashley Tisdale. Ashley Tisdale. (laughs) Ashley Tisdale. I'm
2: here for it.
1: Then Corbin Blue
2: Corbin Blue Do you know what? I would actually like to see the next Corbin Blue movie. Does he still act? Does he? Should we find out?
1: It doesn't matter. This this
2: episode's gone off topic (laughs) enough. Sorry,
1: he already made his. (laughs) um, To be doing.
0: Corbin (laughs) Blue already made his magnum opus. Where are we now? High School Musical. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Which one? Will
1: oh, Which movie? Probably Blue's magnum opus. Yeah. Jump in.
2: Oh yeah! No, he hasn't made a. T- he has. Oh, he has made a few movies. He's made a lot of TV. Oh,
1: he's, he's got- booked and busy. He's-,
2: he's got five projects coming out this year.
1: Oh damn! Okay. Oh, a Christmas dance reunion. A little hallmark Christmas movie. Yep. We love. Oh my God! It's... <laughs> No, I don't think it's Hallback, but it's got Monique Coleman from High School Musical in it as well. Oh my
2: gosh, The Reunion! <laughs> See, this is, this wait, is wait. what you should be watching. Well, don't by, watch Spring Breakers. directed by Howard Green? Watch- <laughs> <Stop. laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to the Anna Fern- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right, back on track. Does anyone have anything else that they need to get off their chest about this film? Mm-hmm.
0: I think, uh, have any of you seen the film Project X?
1: Yes,
2: unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I I think I'd seen it just before Spring Breakers, and for me it was like one of the the worst films I think I'd seen that year. It was just like, you know, these teens, their parents go away, so they have a party, and it's just full of unredeemable, unpleasant characters. And this, Mm -hmm. now looking back on it, it's, exactly the same and
1: yeah, really i is. think it's
0: probably a shorthand way of finding out you know if someone says their favorite movie was spring breakers i think it's probably fair to say that you probably <laughs> don't i i don't think i'd want to go on a cinema date with that person <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're like you do not get to pick the movie that you go and see it seems
1: that um so spring breakers got 67 percent from critics off 196 reviews um, and I was I was interested to see what the audience score would be, whether the audience had rated it yeah, higher or lower. And it's different. So yes, yeah, so the audience score with fifty thousand ratings is thirty eight percent.
2: I think that just says everything, doesn't it? Really. I uh
1: I don't have anything else to say about this movie. I don't think because uh, I was watching it and going like, "What am I going to say about this movie?" Cause like it's just left me devoid of any thought.
2: Oh, if Harmony Corinne was like to come and speak with us, I'd be open to it. I would genuinely <laughs> yeah, it'd be to intriguing,
0: what playing, for the yeah. defense, Your Honor, <laughs> a rebuttal. It would. I'm yeah.
2: Anyway, if we have any more intelligent things to say, going once, <laughs> going, going twice. <laughs> spring break. Spring break. No. Transition two. Okay. How are we going to pair it with well, us? Yes. Yeah,
1: so, um, like we've uh, talked
2: about it enough. We,
1: yes. So, uh, Hustlers was our last film with Claire, and we managed to make some pretty decent connections, didn't mm. we? Um. Mm-hmm. So how how do we feel Hustlers connects to Spring Breakers, Dallas? Any ideas?
0: Well, let's see. Um, Hustlers was. What set in 2014, but took place around the stock market crash, 2007, 2008. Then they put in their plan about ripping off the men by putting running money up on the cards. Spring Breakers was about 2012, so probably filmed 2011. So probably around about that time, maybe the two remaining girls, Kit, uh, Britt and Candy, after blowing through... Um, you know, a mansion and stealing the guy's car and money and stuff like that. Once they'd kind of blown through all that cash and whatever and been on the run for the police, I think they probably would have driven up to New York, probably got involved in the club scene, probably dancing for money and stuff. And probably would have been two people who would have tried to join Ramona's crew. But I think Ramona would have had much more sense and probably just kicked them to the curb straight away for being unreliable, (laughs) which is probably why they never made it into the final movie. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and and Ramona makes some terrible decisions in Oslo. Oh, yeah, no. So, so <laughs> yeah. to be honest, yeah. and
2: these do still do not make the <laughs> cut.
1: still don't make the cut.
2: I feel like that's such a like well rounded thought. I don't think I have a better one. Than um, that.
0: Yeah, I didn't want to find a way to put Alien into it. So well, you
1: know. yeah, I, oh. yeah. <laughs> I know if we were to put Alien into it, but I feel like I feel like we're going to go with dead. We're going to go with Dallas's. Um, thing but because my idea was too similar to the way claire connected her and hustlers where i feel like alien would have been one of the guys that um that got because it goes to the club yeah it goes to the club
2: but alien is also dead yeah
1: exactly so we, we can't do that so yeah i think that is a very very good connection and definitely not in the ballpark i was thinking so it's good stuff well before we move on to uh the magical spinning wheel dallas what other anna Annapurna films are you a fan of what are you, some of your favorites
0: um or well, her is one of my favorites You cover yeah. that one uh being on a 24 project of course i've got to mention uh, the wonderful 20th century women i'll just yeah. keep subliminally mentioning 20th century women so you it, it'll come up next time for you yes um, yes yes that and... is what i was hoping uh for me i think the the best film that i've seen from annapurna i think is just it's probably if beale street could talk i think i was just blown away Mm. when i saw that for the first time i was just astounded by how good it was Um, oh it's
2: just so beautiful
0: and i love book smart as well so i think those are some of mine
2: Awesome, really good choices there Alex, has the, the, the will
1: been spun? has been spawned. it's gone, it's done and we have our next film and Bill, you are not going to be happy
2: <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not that happy about it, it t- either, to
1: be fair um...
2: <laughs> You're not happy either What is it? Uh, but it's good, I
1: suppose, that we're getting it out of the way We could just, you know, just just get it out of the way So, uh, next um, episode's film is going to be um, The Adam McKay wannabe is Bombshell
2: ah interesting <laughs> we have actually someone that does want to talk about it so that's kind of a good thing
1: <laughs> yeah
2: that is a they'll good, have some good things thing, to say least, yeah
1: uh so yeah we're gonna get that one out of the way so maybe just tune in in a month's time after we've done that no i'm joking do, do, dallas do
2: any thoughts on on bombshell i remember i think i was i think
0: i watched it and was conflicted in that i think i was very surprised that i was like why is this not being directed by a woman <laughs> um, yes, yeah, that's exactly my thought. I think I was just kind of creepily unnerved at Charlize Theron, like how much she looked like Megan Kelly the whole time, and then it like, well, it's like, "What's not Charlize mm. Theron?" And yeah, it's like I know last week you were talking about um, Margot Robbie getting nominated twice. Um, oh, there was one about scene. That I, I imagine that she got uh, nominated in Bombshell for one particular scene, um, which was very good, but I don't, I don't think the rest of the movie matched. Up to that one particular moment, sadly.
2: One thing I'm very grateful for is Kate McKinnon is in that film.
0: Yeah, that's oh, so always grateful the for a bit fact. of
1: Kate McKinnon. Yeah, exactly.
2: I welcome it. <laughs> yeah. I'm open to it. We've got a guest that would like to talk about it. So, yeah, yeah. And, on that, weeks time. and on, <laughs> that
0: on that
1: bombshell. And <laughs> on that bombshell. Before no, before we go, of course, Dallas. Where where can people find you? What um what are you up to these days?
0: Uh, uh they can find me on twitter at at dallas king 1138 and i'm just busy reviewing films trying to get around geo blocking for five, <laughs> Shame, bro. yeah, and, uh, yeah you know, trying to get digital screeners and yeah just trying to play the game
2: <laughs> <laughs> play the game we're all playing the game
1: that is all we're doing uh cool awesome so before we leave you have to partake in the um uh, the business end of the of the podcast uh, we get all our guests to say the immortal words so um dallas to see us out um
0: we will see you in the Annapurnaverse. universe why are you a that
2: was so much yeah that was a day. good one